Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome into episode 147 of the Skate Podcast. I'm Brian D. Felice, joined by Bridget Pru and Scott McLaughlin. The Bruins took the ice after a little holiday break up in Ottawa. Uh, I guess I guess the only way the Bruins can lose this year is if they play the, the Senators. Um, so, so we'll touch on that game. And then obviously tonight they just finished up a game in New Jersey. Or, or if they just... Yeah, or if they just play in the province of Ontario in general. Yeah, they now they have more losses in Ontario this season than in Boston. Canada has not been kind to the Bruins this year. Uh, fortunately, Newark, New Jersey has been. Uh, they got their second win in Newark uh, in, the, in the last seven seven days um, against a quality opponent in the Devils. So, uh, Bridget Scott, how was your how was your holiday? And um, you know, just some initial takeaways in the last couple of games. Holiday was good. Uh, between the last podcast you guys did and now, I, I got my power back. Mm-hmm. I don't have any alarms going off. Uh, fire department not hanging out here, so I totally, I totally called you out too. And then, and then I know. get the text message through. I said, I said, who's Scott calling at this time of night? And then it turned out it was the fire department. <laughs> I, yeah, did, yeah. I did have your back, Scott. Though I did have your back. I, I, I appreciated that. Um, I didn't have your back. No, it was, it was very disappointing to, you know, hear, hear a teammate just throw me under the bus like that. You know, I thought, well, thought, thought we had better chemistry, you know, better uh, locker room culture than that. But, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I guess we have to work on that the second half of the season. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. We, we determined that I was more of the player's coach and Bridget was more of the, more of the bad cop. Yeah, but, bad cop. But I, I speak for both of us. We're happy to have you back. Um, good to see your, your smiling face again and uh, good to talk to you guys. Um, let, and guess, Brian, we're, we're happy your Wi-Fi is better in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So I'm down in Florida right now for those listening. And, you know, I was telling these guys before we started recording, I think I'm just going to fly down to Orlando every time we have a podcast after the games. It's better better Wi-Fi and, and all that stuff, better weather. So It's in the budget, so why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in the red on that one, but <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> you can take the uh, skate pod private jet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, jet, blue, jet blue coach. <laughs> All right. So, Brian, we're happy you're, you're down in Florida now. My holiday was good. Everything was smooth. No drama. Can you believe that? So, um, so yeah, uh, the Bruins finish up the holiday. Kind of a weird situation with the not being able to travel on the 26th. Um, and we saw that Toronto just took the fine instead of having to travel the day of the game on the 27th. They instead of waiting literally an hour and a half, they were supposed to fly at midnight, which was the first legal time you could have flown. 
and they flew out at 10 30 p.m and cost them a hundred thousand dollars yeah hey what was that all about for for those listening who might not know slash myself like what exactly did the maple leafs um breach yeah so the collective bargaining agreement players uh negotiated for three days off around Christmas. So usually it's going to be 24th, 25th, 26th. There, sometimes like if the 26th is on a Saturday, Daniel plays, so it shifts up to like 23rd to 25th. But anyways, so players get three days completely off around Christmas. And that means no reporting to team facilities, no practice, no video session, and no travel. So obviously the NHL is not going to give teams an extra day off to travel. They want to get right back into games and make their money. So games come back the 27th, but teams can't travel on the 26th. So anyone playing the 27th had to travel that day. And the Toronto Maple Leafs who were playing in St. Louis decided to just say, screw it and flew the night before uh, when the CBA says they're not allowed to. And they end up getting fined $100,000 as as an organization. Um, you know, it sounds like players were open to it. I think like they were at the airport already and were just like, whatever, let's just fly. Um, but, you know, no one, no one likes to violate. Uh, neither side likes when there's CBA violations. So, you know, because that can easily slip into like, oh, now teams are going to start doing stuff you know, the day before when they're supposed to be off. So, yeah. And also their uh, Toronto's head coach got fined $25,000 the same day. So, uh, and that was for something completely different, the demeaning conduct directed at officials. So there was just fines coming to Toronto all day today. Well, you know, I think the, the Maple Leafs, they're, they're hoping for some better fate in the springtime. And I think they're probably just trying to, uh, you know, embrace some bad boy mentality and just, uh, kind of change the mold that change the perception of them up there in, in Ontario. Well, it is, it is stupid though. Like it was only an hour and a half difference. Like I, I mean, this is stupid on like the part of the, like the agreement, I guess, because teams should be able to like get some leeway if they're playing the next day and don't like no player wants to travel the same day. Like no one wants to wake up early and travel the like the same day of the game. I'm sure all of them would have agreed that it was fine to travel the night before, or at least a vast majority of them would have preferred that. Um, Cause then they're taking two flights in the same day. They're flying to Ottawa. They're, pl- they're playing Ottawa. They're flying to New- Newark all in the span of, well, you know, less than 24 hours. So kind of annoying for them to have to deal with this. And so it's a back to back for the Bruins too. Um, not even just coming off the holiday break, but they have to start it with a back-to-back. So they go to Ottawa first, and they start Swayman, which we figured they would have to split up the goaltending in in the back-to-back. So they go with Swayman first, and guys, I thought he had a really, really good game, maybe his best of the season so far, especially the first period. He made some really, really good stops, especially on a few breakaway chances. Um, He... He kept them in the game in the first period when I thought they could have been down by more. Uh, Bridget, I, I agree with you. I think um, I, I, I think it was a little bit tainted by the outcome, but I thought Swayman was was really, really strong, and and uh, he has been his last couple of games. Um, yeah, I never thought he was bad at any point this year. I just don't think he was uh, as good as we all know he can be. Um, and I think ever since he switched over to those 
those winter classic old school pads. He's been uh, he's been playing pretty solid. So it was good to see. I love him. those. Those are they look, so they're, they look nice. Maybe he might want to keep them full time. I think I think they're pretty sharp. But uh, you know, I think the guys definitely felt bad they couldn't get that one for him to shoot out. The Bruins keep finding ways to lose and, and shootouts when they get to them. Um, but yeah, I thought he looked great. Scott, what did you think? Yeah, definitely. And it was third straight really good start for, um, which is what you needed. Cause basically like he got off to that, to a slow start this season, his first couple starts, then he gets injured, misses two weeks and comes back. And when he came back, he was sort of alternating good starts with inconsistent ones. And then he has that, you know, pretty poor game in Arizona, four goals and 16 shots. And basically it gets benched for a week. All Mark gets three straight starts after that. And talked about it, how like they're going to need to be able to rely on Swayman. And if it's not a 50, 50 split, then, you know, at least 60, 40, at least, you know, something closer even than, than what they've had at times this season. And Swayman's responded since then, Uh, you know, good outing against Columbus um, beats Winnipeg with, you know, a Vezina cannon and Connor Hellebuck down in the other net. And then uh, like, like I said, Tuesday night in Ottawa, he was great. And, you know, obviously so is Cam Talbot for the senators. And that was just a really good goaltending duel. And Talbot ends up with the upper edge and in a shootout, but yeah, it was, you know, either Swayman's best or certainly one of his best games of the season and that makes it three in a row for him. And that starts to give you the confidence that the Bruins need to have in him that, you know, okay, we can go to him every other game or, or something close to that um, because they're going to have to, their, their schedule gets pretty busy. Yeah. And, and it was another weird game where like those boards in Ottawa were really active boards and that puck came out off the wall, right to DeBrusque. He misses the shot puck bounces right back to him. So kind of an unlucky bounce for Talbot and the second lucky bounce uh, recently for the Bruins off like a weird play um, with the boards. And I noticed throughout the game that those boards were really active and the puck was coming off them pretty quickly. Um, so that's how the Bruins were able to get back in it with that goal by DeBrusque. It was a nice play by him to finish it and see it and react to it that fast, but kind of, you know, sucks if you're, Talbot and you're just expecting it to go behind the net and you're not thinking it's going to come back out in front like that. He did not see it coming back out. You know, what's interesting is that um, now that I start to think about like the Bruins losses this year, every single loss they've had has kind of had a backstory to it, right? Like uh, the, the Maple Leafs game. Uh, now that wasn't their first loss of the year, but that was the first notable loss up in Toronto that come that came on the, uh, on the heels of the Mitchell Miller news. So the Bruins had that kind of built an excuse. They lost to Vegas back home. Again, the return of Bruce Cassidy, then you lose in uh, against the Coyotes over in Arizona state, kind of a funky, funky arena. You outshot them two and a half to one. You lose that one. Um, And they've lost twice to Ottawa. And, you know, it's just like, just, and this most recent one coming off of the heels of a four day holiday break, so every single loss they've had this year, which isn't many of them, it's just there's kind of a you can kind of explain maybe why they lost it because you're obviously not going to win all 82. But um, I guess that's good news, right? Like there hasn't just been like first of all they haven't lost back to back games once at all this year. 
uh, I don't believe. And when they have lost games, it's just been few and far between, and it's kind of been understandable when they lost. Um, and again, they had every reason to to lose to the Devils tonight. It's a back to back. You've had some time off. You lot you played a game last night. The Devils are a good team. They want revenge on beating them on home ice last week. So um, kind of went off on a little tangent there, but that just kind of came to my mind. But I guess um, I guess we're going to move to the Jersey game anyway. But a couple of takeaways from that that Ottawa game was Pavel Zaka. The DeBrus goal that you mentioned, Bridget, was was good to see. I really liked his 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 power move, his skating move to the inside of the blue line there. That was, that was a strong move, following his shots to the net. And then Pavel Zaka got tied the game 2-2 later. And it was interesting because I guess that was his first goal in like almost 20 games. But he hasn't seemed like a guy that was struggling to me. Like usually you notice slumps, but he's just kind of been making an impact all along. So I guess that was good to see him score. Uh, in Ottawa. He obviously got an empty net tonight, but uh, Scott, do you have any final takeaways from that Ottawa game before we move on to tonight? No. And just on your point of, um, you know, these losses having like some sort of backstory, I would say the last couple have also been games where they've had a ton of chances where they've generated a lot of chances and just hit a hot goalie, you know, Talbot and Ottawa, uh, Carol Vimelka in, in Arizona well, yeah, they, with 49 whatever, saves you know, for Talbot. Save, yeah. Yeah. And it was like 44 for Vimelka. Um, you know, the, the loss to the Kings in a shootout, they had 35 shots. Like they're, they're forcing goalies to make the loss to Vegas. They had 43 shots. It's like, so they're for the only way teams are beating them is like if the opposing goalie has one of his best games of the season. Well, yeah, there was um, there was a power play at the end of the Ottawa game that the Bruins went a five forward power play and got eight shots on goal, and he stopped yeah. all eight of them. <laughs> it's like that's that's unheard of, and you know a two minute span, and they were all good. Most of them were good chances too, and so you're watching Talbot fight that off, and then eventually the Bruins did score like a, only I don't know maybe 15 seconds after the power play ended, but he had to make a lot of really insane stops on that power play, and just in the game in general. The, the Bruins looked like they were going to score a few times that, that he he made really nice stops. But you could say the same thing the other way because Swayman had to stop a few that were just um, breakaways and, and other shots that you see going a lot for, for guys. Yeah, and, you know, just to transition to the New Jersey game, like, oddly enough, they, they bounce back in a game where they don't really generate as much offensively. Um, you know, that – came out really slow in the first period again you know slow starts have been a little bit of a theme i thought in in the third period they weren't really generating much as they were trying to uh you know break through in a 1-1 in a game until they finally get just you know one play from on a goal from bergeron um to take the lead and then the sack empty netter but you know this was we've seen them do this a bunch this season where they don't have their A game, but they just find a way to win. And in this case, it was much more of a grinded out game. They got a great performance from Lena Selmark, um, which I'm sure we're going to dive into more. But, you know, Allmark just doing what he's done all season. And, and at times this season, he's been great where they maybe haven't even needed him to be great because they're scoring so much. Uh, Wednesday night was a night that they need him to be great. Second night of a back-to-back, travel, didn't have their best game. 
you know, weren't generating a ton of chances. Like the only way they were going to win that game was if their goaltending was great. And, and all Mark was. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause it was a national game on TNT. And so the broadcasters, like, obviously they don't follow the Bruins the whole season, the way that we do, but they're seeing some of the saves that all Mark was making. And they were like, that is, that was the best save. Like they were just impressed and surprised. And the thing is like, we were used to those performances and him just making saves like that at this point. So like Bruins fans are like, yeah, that's how he is. But when, when, fans from maybe other teams and, and other players that are, I mean, other uh, fan bases that haven't seen the Bruins as much, they're watching the way he plays and they're like, wow, okay, that's why the Bruins are off to this start. And that's why everybody's talking about him as a Vesna candidate. 